Welcome to the Akashic Reading Podcast, presented by AkashicReading.com, the place where you can learn to access your soul's wisdom, or at least stop digging the hole any deeper. I'm your host, Terry Uktena, and today we'll be discussing the energy cords we create between ourselves and others. While we talk about them as positive, and they can be about connection, it's important to know they can also be coercive or even become cesspools. Our akasha, or life force, is the means by which we manifest ourselves, our desires, our fears, and our reactions to the world, which is being manifested by others all around us. One way we do this is through focused emanations, which is akasha being imbued or charged with a specific perspective or purpose. The chakras, or the sephirot of Kabbalah, are forms of this type of energy, but it can also be experienced through acupuncture, or shiatsu, which focus on chi points. Other examples are Reiki practitioners who are trained to use targeted energy produced through the palms of their hands, and kundalini, which is in part the practice of moving the woken energy of the root chakra to charge akasha in the remaining energy centers of the body. Second chakra, Yazod in Kabbalah, the energy center which resides between our hip bones, is physically connected to our reproductive organs, pelvis, and hip joints, as well as parts of our intestines, colon, and bladder. This means it is fully involved in our ability to manifest new human beings, to physically maneuver our way through life, i.e. walking, to be flexible in all manner of situations, which means twisting or flexing in opposition to other parts of the body, to protect our most vulnerable aspects, the fetal position, experience life from a variety of perspectives simply by folding, and processing what we experience so we retain what serves and release what doesn't. Energetically, its focus is one of value. It's commonly associated with money, which is the language of value, and relationships, which are the means for us to value others and be valued in return. Money is the easy shorthand we use to communicate information concerning value. This can be seen when we talk about employers giving raises. While the money may be useful or even life-altering, depending on the situation, often it's emotional and more a matter of self-worth. A significant raise indicates not only a job well done, but the value of the employee to the employer with a suggestion of more to come. A paltry raise is seen as an insult. While it's rare for an employee to refuse the pay change, it is usually unwelcome and often causes more harm than good. Second chakra is highly focused on relationships because it is through them we as souls begin to experience ourselves as interconnected human beings. This is the targeted area where we reach out, not to humanity in general, to our family as a group, or our tribe, or various communities even, but to individuals. It is where we define ourselves, and are in turn defined by intimate connection with a significant other, our best friends, and those we allow to know us at our most vulnerable. What this means practically is 
How we connect to others is directly affected by who we are in the moment, our relationship to ourselves, and what we are attempting to manifest into the world. An easier way to think about this is to think of chords. When we connect with another person, we don't just do so logistically, emotionally, or intellectually. Our energies connect. A portion of our akasha or life force moves outward from us as a targeted emanation and meets with theirs to create a cord. Most people visualize a cord somewhat like a rope, which ties people together, but in reality, these cords are much more like fiber optic cable, which runs information and electricity in both directions. However, unlike fiber optics, the cord is us made from us, and constantly communicating and sharing each of us with the other. These types of cords are notorious for either bypassing or being free from the influence of our thoughts. Even with the best of intentions or the most logical and thoughtfully prepared plans, our interactions with the other tend to go in their own obstinate direction. This is in part because we are only one half of the interaction. Chords are, by their very nature, a co-creation, and we are only nominally in control of our part of the process. But this problem also occurs because our minds are quite often out of sync with our own needs, the information our life force is actually sending, and therefore what we are receiving in return. What most people want, or think they want, in a relationship is an honest connection or cord. They want a partner who values them the way they deserve, sees them for who they truly are, likes what they see, and honors this by co-creating a healthy, strong, and nurturing connection. For some people, this equates practically to a good marriage. For others, it's about finding the one, or their perfect match. And still others mean this to be a partner who actively defines the role in the relationship. The epitome of this type of cord is two adults who come together as equals, like a doubles team in tennis. Both have similar skills, but each is a unique person with their own talents and perspective. Combined, they create a unit which emphasizes their strengths while shoring up the weak spots for the purpose of being the best they can be, and achieving a variety of goals all along the way. The idea is the team will grow in skill and ability, but not necessarily in tandem. While each individual develops uniquely, their growth should, hopefully, enhance the team and perhaps propel them towards the next goal. All anecdotal evidence to the contrary, these types of relationships are not uncommon or mythical. They don't require any special magic, ceremony, or luck. What they do need is for each person involved to be in a good standing with their own second chakra. This means they have developed the good boundaries to say no when the answer is no, to recognize and admit when a situation or decision is not what they need, the ability to be vulnerable so they can ask for what they actually want, the flexibility to accept the response when it's offered, and in the form or means by which it comes. When a person struggles with their second chakra, manifesting a healthy cord can be problematic. Any issues around self-worth or value, 
inflexibility, lack of perspective, or even lack of discernment concerning what is nurturing and what can be let go infuse the targeted energy connected to our partner and can affect who we choose to connect with. Unfortunately, most of us have experienced at least one relationship where what we thought would be a connection between equals becomes something else altogether. While we and they are presenting our best possible selves in order to be attractive, we're also nurturing needs, wants, and desires. The hope is, as we get further into things, we'll continue to like this person and they us, then eventually all the gears will mesh and everything will move smoothly into a loving way to live. However, we wanted to be seen for who we truly were, but didn't trust them enough to show them until they went through tests and hoops, only to find they didn't want a relationship with the person they met at the center of the maze. At the same time, we couldn't see who they really were either, or they hid aspects of themselves from us. This dance of vulnerability and distrust, of connection and unspoken desires, creates situations of coercion. Coercion is when the Akasha we're sending through the connection is charged with a need to create a specific type of relationship. For some people, this causes their relationships to be about earning love. They never receive love unconditionally, but instead have friends, family, and significant others who just want them for things. This confirms and reflects back to them their perception of themselves as broken, undervalued, or unworthy. Others only connect with people who are in need of healing or support. This allows them to feel they are helping the other while at the same time not having to be vulnerable or feel out of control. People sometimes experience being coercive when they want a relationship with someone who is either completely oblivious to them or not responding with the type or depth of connection desired. The cord is created, but the bond is weak or provides very little information or response. On the desiring end, their energy can become so charged with wanting, it can create obsessive thinking, emotional overwhelm, and hyperattentiveness in the physical body. We associate this with teenagers, but it can happen at any age. This level of focused energy directed at another can bring response from them in dreams, create synchronicities, and for short periods of time, draw the other to us. However, it cannot take away their free will and rarely creates a healthy connection or long-lasting relationship. While most coercive cord connections are unintentionally so, there are those who can and do use them to manipulate others for their own self-interest. We see this in doctors or therapists who take advantage of their patients, In marriages where one partner uses sex, money, or even relationships with children to manipulate their spouse, and it shows up rather more than it should in religious and spiritual communities. As spiritual beings experiencing a human life, our bodies, our value, and therefore our sexuality are part of the spiritual path. Indigenous cultures are very aware of how people can confuse whole-person spiritual energetic connection with intimate partner connection, 
or how having a deep spiritual connection with someone can trigger feelings of sexual connection. Often, ceremonies are done either with the sexes in designated areas, with them interacting in prescribed ways, or completely separated, such as having sweat lodges for women on one day and men the next. This is not meant to be punitive, but to prevent unwanted connection and unnecessary confusion. There are religious and spiritual leaders or even members of spiritual communities who take advantage of second chakra cord connections in order to manipulate others. Knowing it's easy to conflate sex and spiritual vulnerability or see spiritual connection as a means to create partnership, they throw a cord out which triggers this reaction while acting and speaking as if they're not. They can also use these cords to generate energy. By triggering one member of the community to interact negatively with another, a cord connection is stimulated which creates an active form of energy. Strife fuels the interaction, and at its peak, the spiritual person can then come in to solve the problem, thereby focusing this raised energy on themselves while soothing the issues in the community. The spiritual person then gets charged up, receives kudos and recognition from the community, which means they can restart the entire process the next time a fill-up is required. One of the more negative cord connections we can create is one in which dumping is allowed to occur. This is not to say dumping isn't sometimes necessary. Going to someone we trust with an issue which is too big for us, which is overwhelming or so confusing we have no means of processing, then dumping it all on them with a huge emotional thump is sometimes exactly what we need to do in order to move forward with our healing or spiritual path. However, relationships are not the place where regular or routine dumping should occur, and yet it happens there with all too much regularity. One partner finds it convenient or even pleasant to make their partner the recipient of all their unwanted emotions, their frustrations, and reactions to the stress of life, and so pours it through the cord or expresses it physically through sex or both. The recipient is then left not only having to process all of this energy, information, and emotion, but left dented themselves because of the negative value placed on them and their own needs. Another form of dumping is the desire to finally remove all constraints so you can be fully yourself sexually and spiritually with your partner. This can seem like a great or even a perfect thing and is sometimes talked of as an ideal. In a healthy relationship where you and another are spiritually connecting, being honest and open with yourselves and fully committed to your soul path, why wouldn't you allow or even work to remove all the boundaries and fully be? Well, a lot of reasons. Let's go back to the doubles tennis team. To be a good team, each member should be paying attention not only to themselves, but to multiple other things, including the ball, their teammate, and the other team. If the ball enters their area or has the potential to do so, they should be fully alert and active. If not, then they should be supporting their teammate. So there are times when they should be putting it all out there, and others when they need to hold back. 
Just having everything turned on full blast makes for either an unaware partner who misses things constantly or one who is focused solely on themselves in the unwitting definition of egotism. Just because what is being offered, what we are and what we want to share is awesome and provided with the best intentions, doesn't mean the effects of it aren't negative. Akasha can be smothering, or it can burn us out if it isn't offered as a means of interconnection and co-creation. This is why I term dumping cords as cesspools. Most of what gets dumped through them is waste. Neither party needs it, and instead of being processed, reclaimed, learned from, or anything else healthy, it's just being shunted into a tank which will be dealt with somehow one day. Even with Akasha, which is a positive expression of who we are and a glorying in all we can be, there is usually far too much of us for the other to cope with, and so the excess overflows into the cesspool. Also, what remains can often be converted into something we didn't intend. So when you desire a true and honest connection, a healthy relationship, or an improvement in one you already have, it's important to start by looking at the targeted energy you'll be using to help create it. All cord connections are in part an expression of us. Relationship cords are formed with the akasha which expresses who we are being, how we feel about ourselves, and what we think we deserve. The more we create a healthy relationship with our own second chakra, one of partnership, respect, and honor, the better our cord connections will become. And that's all the time we have this week. Next week, we'll be exploring more about the Akashic Library as a resource for manifesting careers, projects, and specific goals. If you're interested in knowing more, check out my website, akashicreading.com. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please take a minute to show it some love on iTunes. Your comments are also appreciated. Thanks. Bye.